Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. I gotta get a new iPad. <laughs> new iPad, new iPhones, new headphones. I got Freddy, my phone and it works well. If I buy the new one, you want to buy mine? Maybe. What's this? Maybe. There's a new, a new iPad new out? Uh, of course. Well, it came out last year, but I'm thinking about upgrading mine. I got that big ass iPad. Yeah, I can't. I don't know if I could go with that one. Is it too big? I love it. Oh, I love it, dude. Yeah, that one you got is big. What is that one called? A forty-two inch flat screen. The <laughs> yeah. iPad. Walk around. Called an iPad big one. You've got the you've got the Freddy's couch iPad, dude. <laughs> I love it. We are back for another edition of Door Bumper Clear. I'm Jason Schultz, and today, Brett, Freddie, and TJ will cover racing without practice or qualifying, debate NASCAR's waiver system, and talk about tracks they wish they could have spotted at. Door Bumper Clear begins in three, two, one. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brett Griffin. Hey, me too now. This is Freddie Kraft. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Big flag. Hey, New leader. Watch out for this guy. White flag. Recognize. Go low. Go low. Clear. Bring home. Three wide. Coming to the line. Door. Hey, everybody. I'm TJ Majors. Inspired of the virtual 22 cup car. The virtual Indy 500 number 40 winning car. You finally want to race? Finally. IndyCar, but it still counts, yeah. right? Did you see this race, Brett? They, they, I'm talking, <laughs> this was the dirtiest finish in the history of racing right here. Imagine that, TJ won. No, and TJ had nothing to do with it, I don't think. Yeah. It yeah, was all kind of guys that. junking each other. Santino Ferrucci made the hardest left turn in Indianapolis history to come into the checker flag. It was great. You know, you know who he wrecked? Remember the guy uh, that I complained about at Motegi that raced the leaders? So ask me if I feel bad. <laughs> nope. Anyway. Hey, uh, Brett Griffin. Yeah. I'm spotting for something in real life in two weeks. I did not watch any virtual eye racing uh, this week. I didn't have it in me. I've lost my patience with that. I'm ready for the world to get back to normal. Uh, the lake looked like July 4th yesterday, and here we are, podcasting on a Monday. Yeah. What's up, Freddie Kraft? Looking forward to getting back with old Bub next week or two weeks, whatever it is. Uh, same thing. I, I watched maybe ten laps of the Dover race, and I saw the finish of that IndyCar race. So it was pretty funny. But yeah, who I'm won the Dover race yesterday? You're one guess. Who, yeah, who one you think? Guess. William Byron. As soon as you stop picking him, the guy won every race. William Byron. <laughs> yeah. Guess who he passed for the win? 
Who? Timmy Hill. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Timmy Hill. He lost. He lost the race. Timmy Hill didn't have tires at the end. He tried to chance it and. Uh, and what an idiot! I tell you what, man. It's a solid race for about fifteenth to twenty fifth. If they could start covering that area a little bit more, there's a lot of entertainment back in there. So, so let me get this right. The only two real winners all year, other than Denny, have been on our podcast. Yeah, yep. It seems to be a trend. So, if you want to win a high race, come on our podcast. <laughs> it's true. It's oh, that my, simple. My phone's ringing already. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have uh, Casey. Got a haircut today, and uh, no, Casey decided she's tired of putting up with your. Yes, so she, she took quit? a week off to no. She quit or how she do you, leave, how leave do you after? miss a show when you don't even have to come to the show? Yeah, let's be honest. We gave <laughs> Casey very important meetings. We gave Casey a week off because we were just sick of her negativity, and um, <laughs> it was like one of those "you can't fire me, I quit" deals. Like we, we were getting ready to tell her she had the week off, and then she asked for it. So we, we asked. Just gave uh, it to asked. <laughs> this this podcast is full of winners, and Casey just you know wasn't fit in the mold, you know. So we asked her to take a break for a week. We'll see if she comes back. I mean, this show has won half the cup races this year and most of the iRacing races. <laughs> right? The show. I mean, the show and the total, me and, yeah. Me and Brett haven't done nothing about it, but yeah, great. <laughs> it's all right. I'll carry the baggage for now. The iRacing <laughs> ratings were way better when me and Brett were doing our shows, though, for sure. Now they've gone to the tank, for sure. So why was Clint not on yesterday? I assume he was probably drinking somewhere. <laughs> so was that. Did you see the picture Regan Smith tweeted? Yeah, I think, oh, well, I think yeah. Regan, Regan was racing from the Fox Simulator, and yeah. uh, he went down there, and there was a bunch of beer cans all over it and stuff. Because <laughs> who the last person on here was? <laughs> People don't realize this about Clint, but it's extremely difficult to plan anything with Clint Boyer, right? So, so he calls me on Tuesday, and he's like, "Hey, let's uh, let's go to the beach this weekend." I was like, "Man, I can't. I got stuff to do." Well, let's uh, let's leave tomorrow and let's drive to the Ozarks. Let's go to to the lake. I was like, Clint, that's like thirty hours there and back. He's like, Yeah, I mean, I got this. You know, I got my dirt motorhome. We'll just we'll load it up and we'll just jump in it and drive over there and drive back. I was like, Clint, that that's doesn't sound like fun to me. Like, but if you ever try to get Clint to do something, it's it's it, it, planning anything with Clint Boyer is horrendous. But he is like a spur to moment. Let's go do this, and it's like. Hey, that's not easy for a normal person to pull together at like 30 minutes notice, Clint. Like, I need a hot minute. I got three kids. I got well, a lot of going on right here. When I saw that text come through, I was like, I'm going to let Brett answer this one because there's no way I'm going. I hope he so, ain't going either. So, so he, he texts me and Freddie at the same time, let's go. And neither one of us replied. So 12 so. hours later, 12 hours later, he puts on the same, same text thread, good talk, <laughs> so basically you're both sitting there hoping the other one didn't say yeah let's go <laughs> yeah because if, if me or Brett said yes yeah. we're in we're then, going yeah if one of you say yes it's two against one already at that point so you're well, done I've been truly quarantining though and, and, and I'm not saying that Clint hasn't been quarantining but I've not left my freaking house other than the grocery store in Lowe's and to go to the lake I know what that's going to turn into a bunch of people on a boat sitting around goofing off. You're going to be around a lot of families. I mean, I saw a family yesterday or a boat yesterday. I sent Freddie a picture. There were at least 12 people on this boat. And I was like, okay, if they're couples, no matter no matter what, even if they're couples, that's six different families. I've not been around but two families since this whole thing started. So it's, uh, man, I'm, I don't know, man. I'm ready to get back to normal as, as much as the next guy. But 
Now, I wasn't riding 30 hours in a toter home with Clint to go drive to Missouri and back. That didn't sound fun. That's a long way. Yeah, he doesn't think so. He said, oh, it's not, not that bad. Uh, like, dude, it's 30 hours. If it was not quarantined, it would probably be worth it. But Yeah. Well, and was, my next question was, what's wrong with your airplane? Well, it's broke. <laughs> It's like, that's your airplane broke. Well, we need some parts, and the place is shut down because of quarantine. It's like, because it's an hour and a half flight. I'm all about that. That's fine. But I'm not driving 30 hours. Well, the good news is you may be back to slightly normal going to the racetrack in a few weeks, which was announced this past week. Yeah, somewhat normal. Good news, though, man. I mean, when uh, we've obviously been hearing the rumors, and, and I think NASCAR was very, very, very smart to hold it until they had it officially ready to roll it out. But the thing is, man, we've got all these hypothetical scenarios out. They rolled out two weeks, which is smart, right? Because if you roll out eight weeks and you got to change week seven and week eight, then you got a problem. But I think uh, the way they did it, man, I thought it was brilliant. I mean, you you waited till you had it completely the way you wanted it, and boom, you rolled it out. And when they rolled it out, TJ, they rolled out the most races that in my lifetime we've ever run in this short of a time span. Uh, yeah, for sure. The closest thing we've ever gotten to that was – a rain out of Xfinity and uh, Cup cars on the same weekend, a run on a Monday or something like that. Um, I don't ever remember running that many races in that short of a time, but I mean, I'm looking forward to it. But man, I, it's going to get questionable with you know if you if you do get say you get caught up in a couple wrecks in the first couple, you know that could put some people in a bind. But um, you know, I guess it's uh, especially with low manpower back at the shop if the road guys aren't allowed to go in the shop i guess they're keeping everybody separated or they are but they're working in different departments um i don't know well, here's it's, the thing about be- that tj like they say they want you separated and, and a big company like mine and a big company like yours they can do that but but when you look at freddie can richard petty motorsports truly have the road guys not go into the shop can the 96 car of daniel suarez can can a lot of these smaller teams do that no, my guys can't. We don't even have a full roster, you know, on, on the on the on the regular cup weekends last year. You know what I mean? We were down a guy compared to everybody else. So, and I don't I don't know exactly. There's there's a bunch of guys that work in the shop, but there's not. I don't think there's enough that they can afford to keep our entire road crew home. You know what I mean? If you're if you're talking about having ten, twelve guys go to the racetrack from the road crew, and then you're gonna and then you're gonna tell them they can't go to the shop, uh, we wouldn't be able to do that. I don't think. Yeah. I don't. I don't think the small. I think the big teams can, and the small teams. There's Which, no way. It's just that was a recommendation, right? I mean, they said we yeah. recommend you don't do that. But, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just to keep keep it from. But I mean, I understand if you go back and you know some of your. It's definitely a, a safer option to do if you can do it. Um, but I mean, if you're quarantined at the racetrack and you're keeping your distance at home, I mean, it should still be okay. But I can understand that if you have enough manpower, it'd be safer to keep them separated. Will teams use the same cars when they go to two races at Darlington and two races at Charlotte? So if they uh, wreck a car, are they screwed for the next race that's in three days? I think you would. I, I, I can see that happening. I can see you going back, um, cleaning it off, and maybe putting it on the setup plate. You're just going to adjust it a little bit. Unless it's way out to launch, you might. if you have a terrible race or if you hit the wall hard enough where you think you might have bent some suspension or something, you might take a different car. But uh, honestly, man, these guys don't hit the wall nearly as much at Darlington now as they used to. I don't think so. Do you, Brett? I, if I run good, I'm 100% taking my car back. If I run bad, I'm 100% not, Jason. And, and I think that comes down to inventory. And, and I think the, you know, we were, it, it, the, the good news is 
when the when the year starts, we have all of our cars ready to go for the foreseeable future and the foreseeable future shut down. So there's a lot of cars for the, for the super teams. There's a lot of cars sitting there ready to be raced. I don't, I don't think car inventory is a real issue. I do think though, it's a big cost savings to not have to worry about taking a backup. You don't have to prep it. You know, you're going to save money on tires. You're going to save money <clears throat> on travel. There's, there's a lot of ways teams are going to be able to save some money here, which is a good thing too. Even from the, even from the small team standpoint, you had two cars ready to go to Atlanta when we got shut down. So, you know, those are still mile and a half cars. You, you know, you put them on a setup plate, change the setup, and, and they're probably ready to go to, you know, Darlington. Probably got to beef up the right side a little bit. Darlington's a tricky one. TJ said, you know, we hit the wall a little bit less. They still hit the wall, though. You know, there's a half the field. We got a bet usually on the roof. You know, we always, everybody throws a dollar, and if your guy hits the wall first, you win the pot. So it's usually about 20 minutes into practice before somebody knocks that down. But, uh, you know, it, it's still going to be, and Darlington's tricky. Like I said, you know, with these guys brushing up against the wall, you know, where's that fine line of this thing's got a little too much damage to bring it back or and, and with two day turnarounds, not a whole lot. Now, I think it's cool that we're going to Darlington with no practice. Like it's one of the more challenging tracks. It's one of the tracks that the drivers uh, either love it or hate it. It's it's not an easy place to go race. And now we're going to go race it with zero practice like that to me is uh, that's a storyline within itself. Send it. Before we get started, let's talk a little bit about our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. OfferPad.com provides you with the best way to buy and sell a home, period. They make the selling process extremely easy so you can focus on where you're headed to next. Yeah, they want to get you to your new home quickly and easily and make the process fun and stress-free. OfferPad removes the uncertainty of the selling process, creating a smooth and easy transition to the next chapter of your life. OfferPad lets you receive a strong purchase offer for your home and quickly contract and close, eliminating the hassles typically experienced with real estate selling. There is no better option than OfferPad when it comes to time to make that move. It's easy. It's simple. It's OfferPad.com. First topic, spot on, spot off. Three races are being replaced by Darlington and Charlotte makeup races. TJ. Spot on. I mean, they had to, we knew there would be some schedule adjustment, and we knew they probably were going to have to go somewhere close, but uh, Darlington's a great racetrack. I love going to Darlington. It always puts on a good show. Um you know, looking forward to going there in Charlotte's in her backyard. Playing from Jason's iPhone. What was that? Somebody's a little Alexa. Oh, yeah. Who, who do you, who's the girl there, Jason? <laughs> so, Alexa, she likes to randomly remind me that my phone's connected to my speaker. Mm. Well, spot on. When should I remind you? <laughs> Jason, who's under the desk? Jetsons? What's under the desk, Jason? When should I remind you? Tomorrow. thing. <laughs> It's good now. We're good. I just can't say your name. Alexa. Spot Alexa. on, spot off. Alexa. <laughs> Freddie. TJ, were you done? Yeah, I guess. Alexa said I was. <laughs> uh, spot on. Obviously, it sucks to lose any any racetracks. Uh, you know, we don't want to miss any opportunities to go to certain areas. And a lot of these tracks that we're going to probably miss out probably have one date. Um, so that would suck. But um, the biggest thing is just I think the travel part of it is the biggest thing right now for us. You know, you don't really want to just jump on airplanes with 50 guys. And these, you know, these next four races are going to be super local. It's an hour and a half to Darlington and, uh, you know, 
30 minutes to Charlotte for us, so that's easy. And like TJ said, Charlotte, uh, great racetracks. We actually heard uh, a couple weeks ago, me and Brett were texting back and forth, that it was going to be more than three. So to hear that it's only three is, uh, is, is you know, a positive. And Stern had just, Adam Stern just tweeted that it was going to be a road course, an intermediate track, and a short track, which short track kind of surprised us. I'm not sure if that's a, one of the tracks we had heard was, you know, on the borderline of being considered a short track. But I don't have any thoughts on what do you think, Brett? Man, I don't know. You know, I mean, I'm spot off just because I hate to hear that three tracks are, are going to lose a race, you know. And when when you look at this and, and you're like, the, the first question for me is, which three is it? And, and we obviously don't know the answer, but the ones that we've heard were potentially in danger of losing races were Sonoma, Watkins Glen, um, Kentucky, uh, Chicago Land, and New Hampshire. Uh, and obviously, if, if only uh, three of those five are going to lose a date, that's good news because I don't want five tracks losing a date, man. I can't imagine the, the economic impact. But the thing is, if we're, if we're going to Watkins Glen and there's no camping allowed and fans aren't allowed to come and people are nervous to travel to the state of New York, does it make sense that that's one of them? I mean, and, and Sonoma. I mean, man, that's, a, that's the longest trip we make all year to go out there and, and race and come all the way back home. And, and obviously San Francisco has been a big hot spot. So I, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't envy the position NASCAR is in here. You know, clearly we're running two extra races at Darlington and still plan to go back there in the fall, running one extra race at Charlotte, still plan to go back there and run the Roval in the fall. Uh, to me, that says that there's two NASCAR tracks in jeopardy and one SMI track. We know that New Hampshire's an SMI track. Uh, man, it's a, it's, it's a tricky formula. I just hope that, uh, I'm more worried about TJ the, uh, the 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 non-companion events, right? Because when I look at Mid Ohio and when I look at Iowa and when I look at St. Louis, like I look at some of the races where the Truck Series and Xfinity Series go, that the Cup Series isn't with them. Uh, I know that TV package isn't as profitable for the tracks as it is when the Cup Series is there. So if they're not allowing fans, they're not selling tickets, they're not selling hot dogs, they're not selling parking economically. I don't know how they can even open the gates to know they're going to lose them that amount of money. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know it's um, – I wonder the tracks that are getting replaced with other tracks, if they're going to split some of the, you know, whatever they're getting out of it. You know what I mean? Like if Darlington's going to have three races and, you know, are they going to – do they do the other tracks that are losing get a percentage of this somehow? Um, I would think they would. I mean everyone's going to have to give a little bit in, in this time to get back rolling. The more – you know, we help each other out now. The quicker, the quicker we can get back to normal schedule and and everything. You know, on the on the being safe side and um, on that side as well. I don't know the ins and out of outs of it, but I would hope they would be a little forgiving with each other. If one track's going to have three races and some are going to lose some, you you would wonder like if they can defer because the what we just talked about. NASCAR owns Darlington. Obviously, they own a lot of other tracks. So if they have two dates that they've made up here, do they yeah. get an opportunity to defer which two that we're not going to go to? You know what I mean, yeah. Freddie? Like, if I'm SMI right now and we're running one extra Charlotte race, does, does that give them the opportunity to decide, okay, is it going to be New Hampshire? Is it going to be Kentucky? Or does NASCAR decide for them? Because to TJ's point, the business model side of it is you're kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul. Right? All the money's still going in that same pot. It's just not going to that particular facility. Yeah, and I think that's going to be an interesting point when it comes to, you know, you're going to – was that a shot? I mean, yeah. you drinking – Jesus, already? 
<laughs> um, do, do like what? I don't. This is all unprecedented, obviously. But what's what's the? I mean, what's the operations here? Where you know, if we miss, if we add a Charlotte, does it have to be an SMI track we make up, or I mean, we lose? Um, there's not many independent rate owned tracks, you know. Um, so what happens if one of them guys lose a date? You know, if if their if their state's not opened up, a place like Michigan or something like that, maybe you know. Um, so you know, it's just going to be interesting moving forward. Like you said, talking about the um, non companion races for the Xfinity and Truck, I, I just I have a hard time seeing them races getting run. I know they I know they kind of committed to doing everything they can to run a full schedule for all three series this week when they made their announcement. I just don't know. I don't know how that would play into it, where they would maybe just add the truck and Xfinity races to a cup weekend or something that they're not already on. Or it's just going to be interesting. I think you're seeing, you know, we're not, we're not done making schedule changes by any means. You know, I don't, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where this goes going forward. We only know for sure where we're going for two weeks. And you look at our big independent owners. It's Dover, it's Pocono, and it's Indy. We were already running a doubleheader at Pocono. It would make sense now to run a doubleheader at Dover. And I'm not sure if they're going to do that. And obviously, Indy's just a one-race market. So, uh, man, we only know where we're going. It's crazy because we know in August of the previous year our schedule for the next year. That's when we find out where we're going to be for 40 weeks the next year. Here we are in, in basically, we are in May of 2020, and we only know where we're going racing for two weeks. Like, what, what a drastic change in our life. Yeah, and I doubt we'll be packing a suitcase for a while. I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you. Spot on, spot off. 16 people allowed at track per team. Freddie? Spot off. Uh, you know, I hate to say that just for the fact that that would mean some people are not getting to go to work and get to do their job. But, I mean, if we're, if we're doing this, you know, social distancing – I don't. There's. I don't see any reason why you need 16 people per car there. I mean, you. I think you can get it done with 10, 12 guys per car max. So now you're adding four more guys, which is you know over the course of the whole garage is you know quite a bit, almost you know hundreds of people. Um, you know, I mean, just double up. You know, you're worried about. For one thing, the one thing that's really driving me crazy is they're talking about tech, and I. You know, I, I see no reason to tech the cars before the race. Let them race. And if you fail tech after the race, you're disqualified. Put these crew chiefs in a box to where they don't cheat. You know, don't, if you're worried about it, don't push the limits. And, and if you do push the limits, you're taking the chance you're going to get caught after the race. So now you cut back on the guys that you need to get, you know, tech the car. You know, we've heard that they're going to have to set up scales because in, in the, in the occasion that they fail pre-race tech, they're going to go over the scales, you go back to the scale, you know, get a chance to go back on the scales and fix whatever the issues are. So, you know, I say throw out pre-race tech. Just let's go, let's race. Have your top five go to tech after the race. Take ten if you want, and and if you fail, you're out. But you know, there's there's ways to cut back, and I feel like you know the safest way would have been less people. But you know, this is obviously the route they went. I'm surprised, man. Uh, everything that we were hearing through my crew chiefs, through my contacts, was we were going to take five to six people per team, and then all of a sudden, boom, we're taking sixteen people, uh, and I was like, wow. If we go with five or six guys, we're now showing up with about 300 people on property. When we go to 16 people, now we're showing up with 800 people on property, 700 crew people alone. <clears throat> so I think, man, more so than anything, I was just really surprised. The, the best news, if, if I'm being really selfish here, TJ, the best news for me is I'm on the spotter stand. I don't have to go inside a racetrack. I'm isolated. I'm not, you know, I'm not overly worried about it. Yeah, so minus the spotter, you got 15 people. 
Um, I think there's two truck drivers. Um, so, and none of the truck drivers that I know of are, uh, you know, pit crew people or anything like that. But, um, I definitely, I, I don't know what the other numbers are. I don't know how many real pit crew guys there are. I mean, pit crew guys are going to take up what five of that or something. Um, yeah. Or maybe, maybe, maybe six because of a fuel man. I'm not sure. Do you know, is it five Freddy or it's five? It's uh changer carrier, two, cha- two changers, a carrier, Jackman, a fuel man. Okay. So that's seven. That's five. <laughs> two carriers, two, two changers, no, two two changers, a one carrier, carrier Jackman. Okay, Jack I man. thought they were each gonna have two carriers. I gotcha. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, what does that to see how it goes? I mean, if everybody takes the precaution and, and we all do things right, I mean, this is a big step. Um, if we can get through this weekend, um, you know, and, and not have anything happen, I think that's going to be key. It's, uh, we can't have anything go bad though. If if somebody, you know, if something gets spread, then we're going to be in trouble. I think that's, that's the thing. The, that's the biggest thing. You're you're putting more people at risk now. And if you know what, we don't know what the protocol is. If somebody gets it, you know what I mean. Like I don't think any of us are going to be in danger because we can we can social distance ourselves up on the roof or we're grandstands or wherever we're going to be, and and not even go in there. Like we're, we're not even allowed in the garage. Not that we're not going to go in the garage. We got a notice this week that we are not permitted in the garage. So I think we should put that rule in place for, forever. <laughs> but but um, you know so. But, I sent you know, Kip a message. I sent Kip Childress a message, and I said, hey, Kip, I've been going to races in Darlington my whole life. I started going at four years old. I've sat in Brazington Grandstand when it was covered on the backstretch, what used to be old turn four. Put us at the top of the David Pearson Grandstand. We'll be able to see a lot better. We'll be at that tricky angle at turn four. Where they're putting us um, is about, what, three stories lower, TJ, than where we're normally at, and it's going to make coming off a four. You will not – I'm telling you right now, if we stand there, you won't be able to clear your guy off four. He's 100% yeah, going to be uh, on his own. That's going to be tough, man. Uh, yeah, that's probably at least – probably three stories. Uh, can go all the way to the roof where we're at on a stand up there. It's already probably two stories to the top of that building and then another story to get up on that stand. So roughly three stories. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. I tell people all the time, the, the coolest thing about us is the higher we get – the slower the cars appear to be. Like if I walk down to the fence at Dover, man, when, when Clint comes flying by there, it takes my breath he's going so fast. But by the time we're 12 stories up on the spotter stand, it looks like they're going 60 miles an hour. That helps us too. But our vantage point off of Fort Darlington, if we have to stand where they're, they're potentially putting us, I guarantee you we'll see Rex off of four because those guys are going to have to clear themselves. They're not going to be clear. We're not going to be able to say clear. It's going to be a mess. Yeah, then you get you just wrecked your guy not long ago when we were in our regular <laughs> spotter stand, didn't you? Probably. Elliot, I remember Elliot getting hooked in the fence off a of four there not that long ago in the in the no, that was Bristol. Sport. No, that was there. Yeah, that was no, there. That was Bristol. You, you it was might there. Have been there too. You, you, you blocked you, it yeah. out of your memory, but it was there. The best golfers forget their last shot. <laughs> but you just took your last shot. That <laughs> uh, was water. Uh huh. That's colored water. Spot on, spot off. Racing with no practice and no qualifying, except for qualifying at the World 600. Spot on, spot off, TJ. Spot on. I mean, we've had great races. Um, ideally, you want practice it, you know, to make sure things are right. But NASCAR has done a great job over the last, you know, couple years of eliminating some practice, realizing we have too much um, and we don't need that much. I think we're in a really good uh, 
I honestly thought they were they cut back on the Xfinity stuff this year too, and I thought those were going really well um, uh, for those guys over there. And you know, obviously, Cup is what fifty minutes or fifty five minutes, fifty five minutes. You no more than two hours a weekend practice, which I think is plenty for the Cup guys. But uh, yeah, spot on for it. Let's go, man. Mark Martin would have been so good at this because he was always the first guy out of the garage, the first guy on the racetrack, top of the board. And he was a practice machine. And it was because nobody had a chance to get better. The drivers didn't have a chance to get better. The teams didn't have a chance to make their cars faster. This is going to show you who the best race teams in their garage are. Because if you unload with zero practice and you're able to go out there, pass cars, take the lead, win the race, it shows you who the best organizations. And that means who the most talented people are. Because we all have access to about the same resources. And a lot of times those resources are more about people than they are equipment. This is going to say, boom, I have the best race team in the garage. And I will not be surprised if the same guy doesn't go out here and win all these races. I, I mean, I'm spot off. I mean, if we're going to bring all these people to the racetrack, hey, let's practice. Well, I mean, what? I mean, we're just trying to cut down the time now. I thought the reason why we weren't you know, weren't going to practice was the fact that we could bring a skeleton crew that we didn't need to work on a race car. Now we got all these people, we got scales set up. My, hey, might as well throw a 30 minute practice out there. Why not? Because you know damn well, you don't want to practice. I want to no, practice. He's, make, he's <laughs> making the best point he's ever made on this show. I, You're I bringing wanna, 16 people. I want to, I want to make a, pra- I want to practice because like to Brett's point, we don't have the same resources. Everybody else does. We're dependent on, Richard Childress Racing to give us this information. So now, you know, we're going to unload kind of blind off of somebody else's information or, you know, a previous notebook, which I have a a crew chief that's never worked in Cup Series in in probably 40 years. The guy's 87 years old, Jerry Baxter. Um, But, you know, so now he's got no notebook. We've got resources coming from somebody else. So now we're just throwing our race completely on somebody else and hoping for the best. So, you know, while teams like you guys and, and, and Gibbs and that, you know, they, they've got simulations to know exactly what their car is going to do as soon as they unload. We're, we're kind of in a, in, a, in a window here where we're waiting on that competition caution to go make adjustments. TJ, he just made such a valid argument that when we get to Bristol in three weeks or, or Martinsville or wherever this schedule takes us, now we're going to have to practice. Thanks, Freddie. <laughs> Hey, if there's, like I said, if there's 16 people there, but why not? How do you guys think they should set the lineups when they go to Darlington for the next couple of races? Point. I, I think the first, yeah, <laughs> shut up. I think, the, I think this one, I think Darlington probably should be off of points. But after that, I think you do some kind of invert from the finish of the week before. You know, take the invert to top 20, top 15, lead lap cars, you know, kind of like they were planning on doing at Pocono. Just, well, you know, whatever you come up with, but I think it should be in some kind of invert from the week before. What makes racing exciting is passing. What makes racing exciting is wrecking. And if you do a pill draw, that's going to be a way to create a lot of passing. We don't need to take the fastest teams and put them in the front and the slowest teams and put them in the back. That's that's not going to make it exciting. We're having to all adapt here. So if we're going to do that, uh, the if we're going to adapt, let's do it with the randomness of it. Like either, like to Freddie's point, either a go out there and qualify because we got 16 people there anyway, or b if you're not, do something to mix it up. Do not set this field by points every single week for the next eight weeks. Terrible, terrible idea. And the the biggest thing, like you talk about passing lately. You know, with legit qualifying, you saw a lot of passing because the guys that qualified up front usually had their stuff trimmed out way too much, and they drove like crap in the race. And the guy, you know, guys that were you know built a lot of downforce in their car qualified 
I don't know, outside the top 10 and would drive to the front. So that's what you want to see. You want to see guys You're still going to see are, that at Darlington. You're going to see that still at Darlington and in the bigger track. Charlotte, you'll still see that at Charlotte. But yeah, um, I don't think starting by points. I agree maybe the first first race that way, you know, that because I don't know. I mean, you, I think it's a good way to start it off. But after that, I think, man, just random it. But you, you can't be mad at somebody for, you know, you drew, you drew your pill. That's your starting spot, you know? Yeah. Um, I think maybe you only do it, you know, maybe you do the top 10, random the top 10, then random the random 11 through 20th, and then from 20th on back, do it, you know, do random back there. Because, you know, you get to the last four or five, they're not they're not trying, you know, to finish the whole race or whatever. So I say them, random the whole thing. Put Morgan on the pole. No. Har- Mike Harmon and Morgan Shepard on the front row. I think you just do it in You talk about exciting first turn. We're only four races in, so it's close to the, a point. The promoter's job, their whole – existence was to sell tickets and to get race fans to come to their facility fans are not allowed in the facility now which makes nascar the new promoter they have to make this exciting they have to mix it up and and i I mean we all three just agreed right there do not do points every week that's a terrible idea i think it's okay to start it like that but after that you know random maybe the first maybe the first if we're going to run multiple events at these places um, maybe the first one you do by points, but after that you random it. But I do think you need to do it in groups of random. Like you can't, we can't be starting the guys that are, you know, thirty sixth in points on the front row. I, I mean, that's these guys. We can't, we can't create that bad of a situation. Um, but I do think the random thing sounds kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. I the thing that like puzzles me is we have you know a couple three hundred mile races coming up here, Charlotte and uh, Darlington. And we're not going to qualify for those, but we are going to qualify for the longest race of the year, the Coke 600. I understand it's a crown jewel event. You probably want to, you know, want to make a show of that. But like, that's the race where the qualifying probably means the absolute least. And that's the one we're going to qualify for right now. What is OfferPad? Well, put simply, we're your online home buyer. OfferPad is the modern home selling solution with a personalized human touch that lets you skip all the traditional headaches. We buy your home from you so you can move forward the moment you're ready. We've had the pleasure of helping thousands of happy home sellers, and we'd love to help you. Getting started is easy. Go to OfferPad.com, enter basic information about your home, and the next day, we'll send you a great offer. It's free, and there's no obligation. Why is Offer pad the better way because we give you what traditional selling can't certainty and control selling to offer pad means no showings you pick your closing day and we'll even move you locally for free we have a 94 percent satisfaction score and a a plus bbb rating for a reason it truly is a better way so start thinking about where you want to live next get excited about making that move with offer pad you're sold go to offerpad.com and request your free purchase offer today offer pad move freely Last week, we covered Matt Kenseth coming back to drive the 42 car and Ryan Newman returning. So NASCAR granted them both playoff waivers in the they last did? week. Wow. Can't believe it. Can't believe they would do something like that. So I did some research over the last week to figure out which drivers have been granted playoff waivers in the Cup Series over the last four or five years. Good job, Jason. Good job, Jason. A lot of hard work. I did some research because you had nothing else to do. No, I was busy working on another <laughs> Podcast. Uh, podcast. Yeah, well, we know. Yeah. Hey, Jason, we got, but, hey guys, we got your producer. Just kidding. Now we're going to take him. I'm going to reveal the re- findings of my research. So I'm fairly confident this is accurate. NASCAR has never denied a cup driver's waiver request for championship eligibility. Spot on, spot off, Brett. 
That's big. I mean, you're talking about Tony Stewart, Kurt Busch, Kyle Busch, Brian Vickers, Tony Stewart again, now Ryan Newman and Matt Kenseth. TJ, this one, I want to hear TJ's version first because last week he hinted that he was against Matt Kenseth getting a waiver. Nobody has – TJ, everybody everybody that asked for a waiver has gotten one. Nobody in the Cup Series has ever Cup been series. declined. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I'm I'm glad for the company because obviously they're going to be able to push Matt and, and um, it's great for the sponsors. They're going to – now they have a driver and they got – Matt's good. He's a past champion. He's going to be competitive. At some point this year, he's going to have great runs. So, um, you know, I look at the situation and – you know, I, I mean, I'm a little more, I'm a little more for it now, but I think, um, you know, it's just huge for sponsors, man. You have to give them guys a chance to run, in my opinion. You know, you can't, you can't really, uh, can something, I mean, from a company standpoint, if you own the race team, you're going to love it. Matt Kenseth does not deserve a waiver. However, Chip Ganassi Racing does deserve a waiver. That is a race team. And, and when you look at a team sport, if we're truly a team sport, yeah, I know. <laughs> but you didn't say Matt Kenseth yeah. didn't deserve a waiver. I'm saying he doesn't deserve a waiver. But this is a if this is truly a team sport and my quarterback is has gotten fired or he's gotten hurt or whatever's happened and he's gonna miss a race or multiple races. Uh, he should still be able to go out. His team should be able to go out and compete for what they signed up to do. Everybody on that team should not be punished for what Kyle Larson did. And that's why this is the right decision by NASCAR. Spot on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, spot on. You look at that list of guys, and and there, I think there's two of them on there that are questionable whether or not they should have got one. And that's the Tony Stewart, you know, for the Kevin Ward incident and Kurt Busch for his, you know, domestic incident there whatever you know those are pretty questionable so you now you those are the first two on the list so now you've set this precedent pretty early that you know it's gonna what are you gonna say no to you know what i mean like uh you know i know i think the only one that we could think of jason i know you did the research on this also was the only one they've said no to was spencer gallagher correct he missed a couple races for uh for failing a drug test and he did not get a waiver so i think that's the only one that we know of that which that was correct and <laughs> I can't stop laughing at Brett with his stupid sticker. Uh, <laughs> um, it's brandy. It's good. Look, it's good. Great branding. Look at that. Look yeah. how subtle that is. But, but like Brett said, you know, we've got buddies, Adam Cook and Farrow and them on that team that, you know, they had nothing to do with what happened to Kyle Larson. They're sitting at home on quarantine, nothing to do. And now, you know, to not grant them a waiver, you're, you're taking away their whole season. You know, you're, you're taking away everything they worked for. Um, you know, sponsors don't get an opportunity to run for the championship. So, so like Brett said, you have to 100% give it to the team. And, and, and the biggest thing I want to ask you guys about is I saw a lot of people asking this week whether or not we should even have the rule. You know, is there, is there a reason to have this? If you're just going to keep giving, if you're going to say yes to everybody in the Cup Series, do we still need the rule? The only reason we have the rule is because if you win a race, you're automatically locked in. And so I think when you look at Justin Haley last year when he won that, I mean, look, he he won the most luckiest scenario ever when he won that race at, at uh, Daytona under that rain delay. They don't want that guy in their playoffs when he's only run two races all year. So it, it almost is like we have this rule just to make sure that guy doesn't get in. But but if we have a legitimate legitimate team with a legitimate driver, he's – I mean, like if I look at the Spencer Gallagher situation, uh, he was he, – he failed a drug test. Boomy was sent home. He was allowed to come back and race, but not for a championship. My question is, 
should he be allowed to should his team be allowed to compete for a championship if he's not the driver that comes back like if Freddie Kraft gets in the car can they now go out and compete for a championship right so it, it uh man NASCAR again too many scenarios NASCAR made the right call here for me yeah, I, I mean, the, the biggest thing for me is, you know, and I, I went back and forth with a couple people on this, and uh, Kelly was one of them, Crandall. I kind of just made the point that, you know, you can't, you cannot open it up like that because there are guys that could potentially, you know, this is obviously a sponsorship-based driven, you know, sport. And we know of guys that have enough money to run half a season. And it is possible, very possible, to go buy a ride in a decent car, win a race, you know, whether it be, you know, it doesn't have to be a fluke race. You could have a guy that wins races, you know, get in a good car and win a race that can be in the top 30 by running 15 races, you know, very easily. David Reagan was at the, I look back last year, David Reagan had 268 points in 30th place. That's an average of an 18th place finish over 15 races of the 26. So you get in a decent car, win a race and average of 18th place finish and run part time. You're in the playoffs now. And then you know you got to fill you know run the last ten. So there's obvious reasons why there there's rules in place. It's not you know you can say you know yeah we say yes all the time, but we there's only really two opportunities I think that they should have said no or could have said no. If you don't get the waiver based on what we know, based on the past, based on the last six years, if you don't get a waiver, you did something really 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 bad, really stupid. Yeah, for sure. I mean, looking at that list, most of them are some sort of bodily injury or something where they can't physically compete. So let's see what's coming up this week on TJ's second favorite podcast, the Dale Jr. Download this week on the Dale Jr. Download, Steve Phelps from NASCAR comes by. He's going to tell us about NASCAR coming back. The Dale Jr. Download available on all major podcast platforms. All right, it's time to find out who's as fast as Xfinity Internet with Xfinity Fastlane. We have six questions to answer, and the guys will have 10 seconds each to respond, and the dinger is ready. First question. Since there will be no practice or qualifying except for the World 600 when racing returns, which driver does this format suit best? Freddie. Brent stole my answer earlier. It's Mark Martin. If he came out of retirement, he'd wax these guys' asses right now. Nobody drove it in the first turn harder in the first level of practice than that guy. I tell you, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit Clint Boyer. My guy's <laughs> going to be a nervous wreck. I mean, it takes him a minute to get acclimated. So, I, man, I'm going to go with a guy like Martin Truex. PJ. Um, I think any of the veterans, they're going to be pretty good right off the truck and, you know, their equipment. Any, guy, any guys with a lot of experience and fast cars right now are probably going to be in the top there. So I expect to see guys like, Kevin up there. You'll see a guy like Brad being up there. Guys with experience. Since the iRacing finale will take place at North Wilkesboro this Saturday, where current drivers have never competed, name a former track you wish you could have spotted at in your career. TJ. Oh, man, I'd like to go to Riverside back in the day in California. Freddie. Islip Speedway, Fifth Mile Bull Ring. Brett. Myrtle Beach. <laughs> you know where I'm going. I love Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach, Myrtle, Myrtle Beach, Beach, Myrtle Beach. <laughs> Question number three. NASCAR has said it's looking at having a pool of reporters at the track. Should media be allowed to attend the races at all? Brett. Hey, I was against this. 
But if we're bringing 16 crew guys, 100% we should let the media come. we got to have a Jennifer Fryer there. we got to have Bob Prockers, Jeff Gluck, Dustin Long. Our big-name guys have to come because we got to get the news out. TJ. Yeah, um, I think uh, – I don't know if you limit it to the people that can just drive there because I don't think it's very safe for people to take commercial flights and stuff like that. Whoa, 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 whoa. you got spotters taking commercial flights to get here. Yeah, but we're all separated. Ah, it don't matter. We're, we're not taking going flights the, to get we're here. We're also not allowed to go in the garage. What if the media are separated? Separate them. <laughs> Sorry, Freddie, I interrupted. That's I don't, okay. I, I just don't know how you're going to – I mean, why not just do a Zoom session with the reporters like the other – like the NFL draft guys did with people after the after it. You know what I mean? Then everybody you – can, you can control who comes in, and there's zero chance we're going to get anything through this little camera right here. Who do you trust – if your job is to report news, who do you trust the most to be able to report news? A source telling you what to report and watching on TV or actually being there in person? Oh, 100%. I want to be there in person. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a – I think there's a benefit to having a guy like Bob and them there to, to report how it is and, and things like that. So. I mean, Jenna Fryer, the work that she does goes to every newspaper in the country. You can't not have Jenna Fryer there at a, at a rate. I mean, we're going to be the first major sporting event to open back up. You can't not have somebody like Jenna Fryer on site. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would like the pit crews, I would hope it's limited. But, you know, I guess if we're going to have all these people, we might as well have them too. NASCAR said its goal is to have the winner celebrate around the start-finish line and in an ideal world, have victory lane still. How do you think a win should be celebrated? Freddie? I think you do the old school victory lap. I know there's no fans to wave to, but you do old school victory lap on TV, stop at the start finish line, and draw a pill for the invert next week. Brett? As crazy as this sounds, it's going to suck showing up with nobody there. But by the time we've gone out and worked for 400 miles at Darlington and we win the race, you're going to want to celebrate. Man, I love I love just celebrating old school, man. Do some do, do some do a burnout at start finish sign, get out and shotgun some beers. TJ. Yeah, it's going to be different. Um I definitely think you just do it at the start finish line even though there's no fans there. I just think it's a I mean, that's the line you cross first, you know. Um I would stop there. Maybe, you know, that's you probably do an interview or something still. I don't know. I really don't know how they're going to do it, but that's what I think. Question number five. Our friends on NASCAR's Reddit page pose this interesting question. What's a better indicator of driver success, wins or championships? Wings? TJ. Did you say wings? Wins or championships? Wings. Oh, man. I, I Honestly, I got to go with, with uh, a mixture of both. You got to have, you know, there's guys that haven't won a lot of races um, that are still up there. But there's a guy, there's a ton of guys that have won a ton of races that will probably never win a championship. Craig? Wins. 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 You're a winner. Mark Martin's a hell of a successful driver, I would say. Hall of Famer. No championships. Brett? I rank success based on two things in our sport, and I've not been able to accomplish either one of them. To me, the Daytona 500 is the number one thing to say you've been successful in our sport. The number two thing is championships. So I'll take that win over championships, but after that, I'm going with championships. Off the wall question. The Michael Jordan documentary has people discussing some of the greatest basketball players of all time. Who is your all-time favorite athlete from any sport? Brett? Dale Earnhardt. I should say non-racing because the off-the-wall topic is a non-racing topic. So, 
Besides Oh, that. well, you didn't say that. I know, uh, but I figured I should clarify. Man, I'm a huge Penny Hardaway fan from his days of playing in Memphis, playing at the Orlando Magic. Also a huge Troy Aikman fan, Emmett Smith fan. Uh, I got too many. I got too many, Jason. I'm too big of a sports fan to just go with one. No Cox. Yeah, there's, there's a lot I would go with, too. But, guys, you know, I, I really idolized a lot of the Buffalo Bills in the 90s. Even a guy like Steve Largent back in the day, the Seattle Seahawks receiver, I always liked him because he never wore gloves or anything. Um, he was number eighty. I wore number eighty, in, and I wore number eighty in high school when I was a receiver because of that guy. Yeah, you were Steve a receiver. Was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was quarterback receiver. Qu- quarterback receiver. Oh, you mean yeah. quarterback and a receiver? Yes. Quarter- I can't picture your short ass being a very good receiver. Hey, no, I, uh, what? <laughs> I fast. <laughs> I forgot you ran a four two forty in high school. I don't run a four two. I run a four five. <laughs> Brett, Brett thought a quarterback is what you get when the gumball machine don't work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Have you seen my calves, Freddie? I my don't care. You ain't running no four five forty. All right, ask my friend. You saw my. Do you I see don't my trust picture? You or your friends? What are you? Did you see my picture yesterday with that ponytail? I was arrow <laughs> emphasized. Ah, uh, if Who you could run a six five forty, I'd be impressed right now. I would think a five three five four is where I land at right so now. If, right now, if, <laughs> if all four of us line that up, that was a shot, wasn't it? You are drunk. If four of us line up here, who wins the forty? Jason. No, probably you Jason. Can't even walk without getting hurt. Uh, that was a year ago. Oh, okay, Sealed. that changes things. Well, I'll tell you right now, if Brett's running a five three forty, he's gonna win. <laughs> I need a run and start. I need a run and start. I can't <laughs> oh, go from a dead go. stop. I'll tear a hamstring. I've seen me do it. That's how you do it. That's how you measure your time from a dead stop. Oh boy, you have to be at a dead stop. <laughs> Did I answer it. this yet? I don't even know. Oh. Yeah, who's your favorite athlete? Uh, I'm going to mark my road up and run it later and tell you what I run. I'll be like a 4-6. It's going to be six. over six seconds. About 4-6 maybe, something like that. <laughs> um, what the hell is the question again? Oh, favorite Who's your favorite athlete of all time? Uh, my favorite Not athlete amazing. of all time is Brian Leach from the Rangers or Lawrence Taylor from the Giants. That's a hard question. Jason, that's a really hard question. It is. I mean, I'm looking around many. my office. I look I around my office. I got Michael Phelps. I got Bodie Miller. I got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like, I got some of my favorite athletes. And, and to say which one is your favorite, like, man, it's yeah. hard to just go there. There's you know? so many good ones, man. Like Kobe. Kobe watching Jordan when we were little and stuff. I mean, lots, so many to pick from. Watching Tom Brady when we were little. Oh, Tom Brady. I mean, my favorite Gamecock receiver was Sidney Rice. Look at this thing. Yeah, the Vikings This is when he went guy, to the right? Vikings. Yeah. Look at the Vikings race car. Nice car. I got an autographed Sidney Rice jersey. I'm like, I, I love sports, man. I'm ready for sports to get back going. Let's go. You got me fired up. And that's a wrap for this week's Xfinity Fastlane. You know what's been heartwarming during all this? Seeing how Xfinity is helping out and understanding that we're all in this together instead of looking out for themselves. On top of that, Xfinity's been working 24-7 on their network to make sure everyone at home is solid using the internet for iRacing, video conferences, Zooms, even to help us uh, make sure that our close family and friends can chat. Xfinity's even committed $500 million to support their employees and have donated and distributed PPE to healthcare and frontline workers across the country. That's what I'm talking about. Xfinity has now extended their comprehensive COVID-19 response policies through June 30th. To learn more, go to Xfinity.com slash prepare or check out at Xfinity on Twitter. 
Man, we got some great news here, Door Bumper Clear fans. There's a new line of Dirty Mo merchandise available now for you to buy and sport the Dirty Mo brand. That's right. Go to DirtyMoMedia.com, select the Dirty Mo Media gear tab, and when you check out, use code DBC10, DBC10, to get 10% off your order. Get your gear now. Did you get that tattoo that everybody got in the brand? When, when I, Dirty Mo came out, there was this Dirty Mo posse, there's all this DMP. Like, did you get the tattoo? I did not. I watched it. I could smell the skin burning, and I'm not. How many guys do you think got that brand? Four or five. Yeah. Josh. Did Josh Schneider get it? Yeah, the Josh is the worst one. Mitch Lash. Josh is the worst one because they did it once and they thought they didn't do it good enough, so they heated it back up. Oh, they branded him twice? Right over the old one. And you could smell it, and it was the worst thing ever, so I didn't do it. Oh, I don't blame you. Not doing it. Ask DBC. Send in your questions 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag AskDBC. All right, AskDBC. And we had some really good questions this week. I How was come you didn't pick any of Question submitters. I guess, yeah, I think y'all will be the judge of if they're good or not. That's All funny. Right. First one from Colton Compton. Kevin Harvick is the current points leader with two top fives, zero wins, and 164 points. Logano trails him with two top fives, two wins, and 163 points. Is there a flaw in the point system, or is Kevin Harvick putting together better races? TJ? I mean, it's pretty obvious he's had more a better average finish so far. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't – we're so early in the year, man. It's so – we're only four races in still. I know we're middle – you know, coming in May here, but we're only four races in. So that'll separate out here. But, you know, hey, consistency pays off too. That's how – Matt Kenseth won a championship by being consistent, right? A lot of these guys are in the chase and in, in the championship contention because they're consistent. They don't win every race, but they're, if you look third, fourth, fifth, there they are. I think I think you have to say there is an obvious flaw here. I mean, you've got a guy that's got two top tens versus a guy that's got two top tens, and they are one point apart. I mean, it's obvious there is something seriously wrong here. Freddie, look at you being aggressive. I'm kidding. Are you <laughs> It's one point we're talking about. <laughs> I mean, but, where did Harvick finish? I mean, but, where did he, I, <laughs> but this guy has asked the wrong question. He's looking at the wrong thing. Who has the most playoff points? It's Joey Logano. Yeah, Joey Logano, probably by a lot. So Joey Logano is not leading the points, but yet he's leading the points. He will be. When we That's not to- confusing <laughs> at all. <laughs> Sorry, man. Uh, hey, good question. Uh, the, the point system is what it is. We're all playing by the same rules. But what you're looking at is not the true playoff points. And, and what these top guys look at is the playoff points. You know, we, we get awarded based on where we finish in the regular season for sure. But these guys going out and winning stages, going out and winning races is what gets some playoff points. And I would imagine – I don't have this right in front of me, but I would imagine Logano with two wins is going to have the most playoff points. Jason, you got it? Uh, I assume so, but I'm looking at Logano's finishes. Like other than races he won, he finished 12th and 26th, while Harvick finished in the top 10. I think every race. So, well, the only thing that matters is did they win a stage, right? So, if you won a stage, you got a playoff point. If you won the race, you got five playoff points. We know Logano has 10 playoff points. How many does Kevin have? Harvick has one. He has one playoff. There's your point. answer. There's your answer, Colton. Uh, you know who the, the, the next playoff, person? The playoff uh, system. The, the, stand, the playoff standings are extremely confusing to fans. And, and they're, they're confusing, and you don't even know they're confusing because what I'm explaining is something that you're not looking at as a fan. If you look at the championship standings, 
it's one thing if you look at the playoff points, it's another thing in the playoff points. These top guys are what matter. That's how you get a buy to Homestead uh, last yeah. year. If you're Martin Truex, if you're Kevin Harvick, if you're Kyle Busch, you get enough playoff points. It doesn't even matter how you do in the first two rounds of the playoffs. And that's what's important to these top teams. Yeah, we've got a four point lead over Alex Bowman with six playoff points. And then behind him is uh, Chase Elliott with three and then Kevin Harvick with one. Ryan Blaney's also got one, and so does Brad. So when the chase starts, Colton, that's what matters. The numbers TJ just said, those are the numbers that matter. Next question is from RL21856. With NASCAR being one of the first live sporting events back and televised, what can be done to gain new fans and keep them long-term? Brett? Well, we talked about passing, uh, wrecking. And the story, you know, I'm at, well, what makes our sport special is the story of our drivers and our drivers' ability to connect with fans, gain that viewership and retain that viewership. And we're going to have, an, I mean, the, the NFL draft just hit record-setting numbers because people are stuck at home. I'm most excited. I don't want to change the subject here, but I'm most excited about us as a sport having an opportunity to go out and race a midweek primetime race and us be able to see what that does for viewership, because that's when I think we can get in front of new people is on a Wednesday night. On a Sunday afternoon, if the weather's nice, even in quarantine, people are going to be outside. They're going to be working in the yards. They're going to be at their lake. But I'm telling you right now, on a Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, people ain't got to do. They're going to be at home, and we're going to get to see how our sport does. Friday. <laughs> yeah, he's right. We're, the midweek races are going to be the – we had Monday night football. Now we're going to have Wednesday night NASCAR. So – um, I'm not. I'm not sure it's going to be at night. I don't know what time. Did, did anybody hear what time the race? Yeah, it's night. Yeah, they're all at night. They're all at night. Like seven, seven, eight o'clock. Wow. Okay. Just curious about if it rains. That's not much leeway for rain. Somebody else. I forget who it was. Somebody asked me that. Like, what are you going to do if it rains? Should We're going to do the exact again? same. Yep. We're going to do the exact <laughs> same thing every other time it rains. We're going to make the race up whenever we can. <laughs> like, but I mean, the... you know, what do you do now? Do you sit everybody around and you're going to when it rains, people get together get out of the rain you know what i mean exactly so you're kind of putting yourself in a box starting these things at night in my opinion um you know race starts at seven o'clock you get a 6 30 downpour for an hour what are you gonna do cancel the race around the next day genius wow (laughs) but what i'm gonna send my car i'm gonna send my car to travel that travel i'm gonna send coming locally i'm gonna gonna send my car hope it stops raining I mean, I don't what I stay later, stay away from each other. Like uh, that's your only option. You got to social distance. And if it rains too long, we cancel it and come back the next day and race. You know, it, it is what it is. We're going to travel to these races all in the same spot. You know, you're going to have to come back the next yeah. day. No, I get it. Everything's like, going to be within driving distance right now. Yeah, but not for everybody. You got a truck teams out of Ohio. You know what I mean? Well, what are they going to do there? Get but a I'm hotel. You could eliminate. You could build yourself some room for air with rain if you start earlier is all I'm saying. The uh, midweek primetime races would be a little bit better if they were on Fox instead of Fox Sports 1. Yeah, I don't it's get kind that. Of bummed to see that. There's only, like, what else is Fox going to be showing? There, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I guess they got sitcoms. Like, is that – are they still running sitcoms now? I don't even know. Are they making them? Um, yeah, I was surprised to see that. Only two of the seven races that, were, that got released the other day were on Fox. Uh, the rest are on FS1. Um, That's a just, bummer. I think it's just a unique opportunity to to get in front of new fans. But kind of like we saw this iRacing deal, you gotta you gotta 
retain it. You know, I mean that that was that took off. It was the first two or three weeks. Ratings were going, you know, up, 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 and then all right, this is kind of old, and now it's kind of leveled off or, or falling. So you know, I think that I think we just got to you know have good races. You know, figure out the best way to put the best show on. Like Brett said, passing. I think that's where the the invert comes in pretty big to where. You know, if you're inverting the top 20 or top 15, whatever it is, you know, you'll have good, a little better racing. I think the shorter races will help a lot. I'm hoping those are, are the Wednesday night races where, you know, you got a 300 mile race. Uh, I think that'll help a lot for, you know, keeping people watching and not, you know, you don't got to watch a four hour race, three and a half, four hour race. So hopefully we just, uh, you know, find ways to keep them entertained. Last question comes from Race to Hunt. They ask if three if the three of you were to star in a comedy show, what would it be called, and what would the subject matter be? Uh, be called Two and a Half Men. <laughs> and you look more I'm like a, sure. you look more like a Porky's type guy, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great movie, though. Um, that is a great movie. Oh man, I don't know. Step Brothers too. I don't know. <laughs> the Odd Couples. <laughs> Shoot, we've been all stuck at home. We might have a we might have another breakup. The breakup too. I ain't doing a comedy <laughs> show with you two. There's got to at least be one hot chick in this thing, or I'm out. That's messed up, Jason. <laughs> you got a wig? <laughs> well, you already called. Jason's, Jason's too tall for me. I like short chicks. <laughs> we'll have to go find someone. <laughs> TJ, small, you got a wig? Small hands? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to say Yeah, it. this is getting really bad. <laughs> we, I'm, oh. I, I'm at the delirious stage of quarantine now. i got to get out of my house. Same. All right. We'll give you all a T-shirt, so I'll reach out to you this week to coordinate that. So we got anything to rant about this week? I don't even know what week it is. I know. I've lost track. It's like October what... 10th. How many days have we been stuck? Starting Friday in Atlanta. Atlanta. Starting from Friday in Atlanta. What was the date of that? Well, I I didn't I didn't start quarantining hard till we till we got that stay at home order. So that's that's a month, right? I, I mean, was, that was I was quarantined was, since Friday when we were supposed to fly out to Atlanta. Basically, that was March thirteenth. So that was March thirteenth. Almost two months, a couple weeks, like six weeks, maybe. Yeah. So I started on the Tuesday after Atlanta. What day was that? You did. You did not start 17th? on the Tuesday after Atlanta. Seventeenth. I started. I started on the Wednesday after Atlanta. So the eighteenth. Eighteenth. So March eighteenth is how long I've been quarantining. Is that a word? That's a long. That's a long time. People don't realize how how f-ed up this is for us though, because like we travel forty weeks a year. We travel four days a week. I have never in my life after I graduated from college. I have never spent the night in the same place. For more than 10 days. I, I mean, even during the winter, I'm either going to go hunting, I'm going to go snow skiing, I'm going to go somewhere for the holidays. Like, this is a this is an all-time record for me of being in the same place for this long. Yeah. Um, I'm not built for this. I got to get the hell out of my house. Travel agent, tra- travel agent finally came through, though. Hey, hey, I found us a place. We're going on an island next week, Freddie. Let's go to uh, island. Uh, we'll go there and run 40s and drink 40s. Sounds we're like gonna you're going to go on that, that moving island to the Ozarks. We're going to do DBC <laughs> yeah. next week from my island, Jason. Freddie and I are done. We're done with North Carolina. We're getting out of here for a few days because 
My kids didn't get to go anywhere on spring break because of, of, of actually their schedule. I didn't get to go take them anywhere for, for my spring break, which was going to be around Easter because of the quarantine. So this is probably the last opportunity I'll have to take my kids somewhere until till December. So Freddie and I have been quarantining in different houses together, and now we're going to take it to the same house on some island. we got to get the hell out of here, man. We're going to run 40s all day long. There's Practice no way I can run a 5-3 on a beach. It's too soft. I need somewhere uh, we, hard. They got roads, I'm sure. You run 40s, I'll drink 40s, and we'll have a good so, time. <laughs> legit, Brett, if you had to say what you'd run the 40 and what would you run it in from a standing start? It's going to be in the fives. Nope. Or I'm going to tear a hamstring. <laughs> so we went – me and Megan went – we went to Nashville last year just for some off weekend and uh, ended up getting tickets to the Titans game. So we were walking up like a little concourse to go up to our seats, and they had a deal out there where there were people were running the forty. So I'm like, I want to sit here and watch these people. And there, you know, you like, there's a guy. He's up there stretching. You think this guy's gonna bust off like a a four eight? I mean, he's ripped, in shape, ready to go. Six three. Like, I mean, you wouldn't believe how slow these people were. And there, you know, you're like, it's hard oh, for me. It's hard for me to accept. I was 140 pounds. It's hard for me to accept that I'm now 240 pounds and that extra 100 pounds is going to slow me down that much. I could literally, I could dunk a girl's basketball. And and, and Bodie the other day, we had his goal at nine foot, and I was like, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna dunk this ball right here. It's nine foot. It's not ten foot. It's, I could barely touch the rim, and it hurt. Like when I jumped up there, I was like, oh, I was like, oh man, that 100 pounds is a big deal. I need lipo. You should try 200 pounds. Should have got lipo during this quarantine. How much does that cost? <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, it's worth it. I don't know. You know anybody's ever got lipo? I've heard rumors. I've heard rumors too. There's a driver that's rumored to have gotten lipo. Have you heard that rumor, TJ? No? I'm surprised you hadn't heard it. And it's a skinny driver. <laughs> yeah, well he wasn't skinny then. Yeah. Well You've never heard of, you've never heard of a driver getting lipo? No. Textile Jr., I bet he's heard it. Who did it? Just caught it out. I ain't going to tell you who did it. Give me give me two <laughs> card numbers to pick from. Textile Jr., see if he'll tell you who did it. No, I'm not asking him <laughs> that. There's a time when he didn't like the guy. That'd be why he'd sell him out. So before we go today, we want to tell you about something really cool that Dale Jr. and Dirty Mo Media are doing this week. On Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, we're premiering Bringing Back Wilkesboro, a short video documenting how Dale Jr. and Marcus Smith went up to North Wilkesboro last December and cleaned the track off to prepare it to be scanned by iRacing. And then, of course, this weekend, the Pro Invitational Series iRacing finale will take place at the new virtual North Wilkesboro. So you can get an inside look at what went into that process of bringing that together and the story of all that. It will premiere on Dale Jr.'s Twitch channel on Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, and then you can find it on Dirty Mo Media's YouTube page a little bit afterwards. I'm sick of talking about iRacing, but I want to ask TJ an iRacing question. All right, Bristol was a cluster for television. What is North Wilsburg going to be like? Uh, it won't be as bad as Bristol. Um, there'll be more... Um, Bristol's just different, man. Like, it'll probably be like Richmond, no? Uh, I think it'll be a little bit better than Richmond, too. I think th- I think these guys are going to um, get spread out a little bit more because I think there's going to be more wheel spin here, you know, up off the corner and stuff. It's, we don't have – Richmond has a decent amount of banking in it still. 
Um, I don't know if you've been down. You stand in the corner, you look up. It's got pretty decent banking. Um, I don't think North Wilkesboro has nearly that banking and stuff. So it's going to be uh, – I think it's going to be good. These guys – Got to give the these guys credit and, for flipping this yes. around quick, man. I mean, it was, yeah. it, they scanned it, what, what they scanned it, two months ago? December. December, yeah, yeah wow. But still, I mean, the, the, all these races that we that they put on, you know, we do and everything are all about the drivers in them. Who, who races smart? These guys, they don't race. They make moves in these cars and they, they, that they wouldn't make in real life, and that's what happens, you know. But if you've got guys that drive it, you know, like they semi shouldn't. Most of them do. It can be a great race. These guys can have good races. So um, it's all about when the drivers lift and how, you know, if they put themselves in a bad situation, they're probably going to wreck. Hey, did you go up there, TJ, when they did that cleanup? I uh, did not. I was supposed to, oh. but I had my daughter. I had, I'd heard, I was trying to find somebody that went because I see a lot of people tweeting and, and saying, you know, we should go to Rockingham. We should go to North Wilkesboro now with the, uh, you know, to make up races locally. Um, but I had heard that like the, some of the state structures weren't really suitable. So I was going to ask you about that. Like the, I heard like one of the garages. Yeah. Falling down it's, and, it, I did hear that it, need, it needs a lot of work. Um, yeah, so it needs, it's got to have a ton of work. Um, yeah, it's not somewhere we could show up and race next week. No, you know I mean that's uh, that's kind of my no. Yeah. Well, with Northwest Park, I don't have soft walls. Rockingham at least has that. Like, I mean, there's a lot of safety things that have to be in place too. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm, my question is, okay, is North Wilkesboro fast enough to need safer bears? You know what I mean? You can't social distance at North Wilkesboro. You can't have 800 people in that spot and social distance. I've been to North Wilkesboro. I've been yeah. to a race in North Wilkesboro. I've been on that infield to watch cup races at North Wilkesboro in the 80s. There's no way you put 800 people in there and social distance. Yeah. No chance. Has It'd anybody awesome in our sport do it. even raced North Wilkesboro? <laughs> I think they were saying Bobby Labonte was the only uh, person in the I-race in that, that probably raced on North Wilkesboro. Yeah, the junior probably. race there. Did Dale Dale, Dale, never, race. Dale never got to race there? I would say in a I would say in a late model. Uh, yeah, that's what I'd say too. Yeah, yeah, I would say late model. Um, yeah, he might be the, he might be the only one, but he's not. He's retired anyway. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Be interesting. All right, next week we're back to talking about the upcoming race, so that'll be exciting. But until then, one more less than two weeks till we're back on track. Yeah, got our picks ready to go, Jason. I mean, we're gonna pick. Oh next yeah, week. I'll have to get with my guy and get him. Who's winning? Who's winning on DBC picks? I think maybe you are by like by like. I think you got maybe a three point lead already, or something. Maybe two. So it's so I'm winning three to one already. I'm getting ready maybe. to make a big comeback from three races down. Freddie's coming from the back. Starting in the rear, like every other week. I appreciate you guys listening, man. There's a lot of things yeah. you can do with your time, and I know this quarantine's weird. I've had a lot of people tweet me and thank us for uh, for doing this podcast. I mean, I think it speaks to Dirty Mo Media, speaks to producer Jason, uh, absent Casey, and obviously us three guys. Um, we don't have a lot of other things we we can do with our time, so it's uh, it's good for uh, it's good for us to jump on here, and try to keep something normal for you guys. But without you guys listening, man, it wouldn't matter. So thanks to All for Pat for sponsoring us. Thanks to you guys for listening. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And a lot of them people, uh, you know, we've talked to, I've got the same tweets, you know, or been tagging the same with Brett. We're talking truck drivers. We're talking nurses, essential personnel. So just, you know, you guys are making it happen for everybody. So, you know, just special thanks to them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is something none of us ever knew how to go through or might not ever have, might never have to do it again. Um, so, 
you know, thanks to everyone that are, is putting themselves at risk and doing their jobs like that. And uh, hopefully you can still find time to listen to the show a little bit. And even when Casey's on her baby moon. <laughs> this is the last week of school for my children. Yeah, They're done too. with school on Friday. They were supposed to go to school, real school, till like the end of May. But because of this quarantine, the last day is this week. So thank you, Jesus. I don't, I was sitting on my golf cart two nights ago. On a Saturday night, me and Joby are sitting out there, and I'm having to help her with homework. And Man, I'm glad that's over with. Whew. Yeah, being a school teacher is not easy. So it's not easy. Mads, am I a good teacher? There's your student. Thanks. Oh. Can't believe she said that. How about your pair? Give her a place to live. <laughs> All right, let's be real, man. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you next Monday. Me and Freddie are finding that if you know of any really good islands somewhere that we can go be secluded, uh, Texas. Treasure Island in Vegas. Just, just for the record, we're bringing our families. It's not going to be our two fat asses laying on a beach somewhere. So. I was wondering if you were going to get to the specifics of that. <laughs> You guys going to get a couple's massages and stuff together? <laughs> yeah. Hot rocks. Where are you? Holla. <laughs> See ya. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.